COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy, folks. And Scotland here, joining you from Eagle Grass and Chasets, the heartland of America. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or other platforms like it. Follow me on Instagram at underscore I am Cannabis Sativa, and then on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. All right. Um. So, question I'm going to pose to all of you is: Is it possible that over and close to 10% or more the population has an endocannabinoid deficiency. I bring this up because, um, as we all know, and as we've talked about um, throughout the duration of this podcast, at least since SQ788 went into effect, um, 
Oklahoma has the best medical marijuana program in the entire country. It has the best laws. It has the best rules. Um, it's a free market system um, where there isn't necessarily a cap on stores. And um, people can open if if they have if they have a, a few thousand dollars lying around they can they can part of the supply chain of medical marijuana in Oakland the barriers of entry are very very low and most importantly there are there are protections for employment and people look at this I'm not gonna read the whole article but but Oklahoma is one of the few states that protects your Second Amendment rights and I've always um, for my entire political sort of um, voting pattern or whatever, the, the entire time I've been eligible to vote, I've always been pro-Second Amendment. It's one, one issue that I kind of agree with conservatives in this. Um, and I, I believe that, that, that cannabis users, their adult use or medical should have the right to bear arms. It's, it's in our constitution. Um, and Oklahoma protects your right to own guns. Um, as we all know, because cannabis is a schedule one narcotic, um, the ATF form says that people and, and federal, federal regulation says that guns and cannabis can't mix. But what you have are, are in a lot of, what you have in a lot of cases is some states, um, choosing to kind of look the other way as I understand it. Um, Maine um, allows people to have guns in cannabis. Florida does. Um, the agricultural uh, commissioner ran on a medical marijuana platform, Nikki Freed, Commissioner Freed. She, um, she's a medical marijuana patient and she's a concealed carry um, owner. So, um, it's it's been expanded on 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 many episodes, and we've alluded to that 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 people in Florida can have both. Um, in Oklahoma, you can have both. So, with Oklahoma having such ideal laws that that have employee employee protections and that have protections for gun rights, a lot of the reasons why people don't get um, medical marijuana cards, even if they can benefit, with all of those taken off the table, and and Oklahoma's patient roles continuing to swell and swell and get bigger and continuing to have such a huge amount of the population with cards. Like I believe close to like, I believe it's like around 8% of the state um, has a medical marijuana card, which for the most part, it's usually in two to 3%, you know, um, it's not more than two to percent in most states. And, and my theory is because of the things I just listed, because a lot of states who don't protect gun rights, a lot of states still be fired for using medical marijuana. So a lot of people will either forego it and continue using pills or they'll they'll buy off the black market um and, and not want to be on a government list. But um with ideal conditions like Oklahoma has, perhaps Close to ten percent of the population in general, if an ideal world has an endocannabinoid um, deficiency and need medical marijuana, maybe ten percent of the populations like that. Who? But um, let's let's read this article. Um, 
Um, just because we have pretty much perfection in Oklahoma and just because the barriers of entry are really low, like maybe there's saturation, who knows? Maybe there's, maybe, maybe there are too many, uh, vendors and maybe there, there might be a bust at some point, who knows? But let's read this article. Um, okay, so this is from KGOU, I'm guessing it's like their NPR Enthusiasm for Oklahoma's medical marijuana boom tempered by concerns of a bust. Oklahoma has what many consider to be the only free enterprise medical marijuana industry in the U.S. with cheap startup fees, no caps on medical marijuana business licenses, and few limits on who can get a patient card. But this low barrier to entry could lead to an oversaturated market where cannabis businesses struggle to survive. So again, this is good for the consumer and the fact that all these companies are having, all these thousands of companies are having to compete for the dollar of the average Oklahoman. So the average Oklahoman has a lot of choice. Um, if one vendor isn't up to par, they can go somewhere else. They can vote with their feet and go to another vendor down the street or um, a couple, couple like a mile or two away. They can go elsewhere. You know, um, people are always, these companies are always having to have their head on a swivel because people have choices. It's not like, like um, Arkansas where there are only 30 something or 40 dispensaries. And that's all you get. And only a, handful in your county so if one sucks you don't really have much else to go because there's not really that that much competition ohio is the same way too where there's a cap a statewide cap on the series so if one place sucks where else are you gonna go you have nowhere else to go and you can't grow your own you have leverage you know that's this is what these big marijuana companies want to do they want they don't want a level playing field on a free market, they they want the barriers of entry to be so onerous states that they're the only people that would have the money to clear those barriers, and they have to do and they can just do the bare minimum because you don't really have anywhere to go, and and if in your bottom line benefits in you not having elsewhere, to, and again they can they can do the rock bottom for the customer. They can they you know they can you know, charge you 60 and eighth. And again, where else are you going to go? Because again, they're the only game in town. But Oklahoma is the opposite of that. There's a wide and free market. And because of that, the, the, the citizens in Oklahoma have leverage. Can, your product, if your concentrates suck, if your flower sucks, if customer service sucks, I can go to the place down the and I can tell you to kick rocks, or I can grow my own. I can share. I can share my home grow with my friend, and he can share, and she can share her home grow and trade. Like again, you have leverage in such a system. Like that it's not what not what big cannabis wants. Not what these big corporate uh, cannabis folks that don't grow it and trade it with love and care. That's what they want. Want you having. Jessica Baker, owner of Baker's Cannabis Dispensary in Northwest Oklahoma City, has witnessed the growing pains 
other young marijuana industries like Oklahoma have experienced over her two-decade career in the business. She and her husband, Chip, started growing medical cannabis in California in 1997, which eventually led them to Colorado, where Chip opened a couple of hydroponic stores. After the passage of State Question 788 in June 2018, which legalized medical marijuana in Oklahoma, Chip noticed that he started receiving an influx of business from Oklahoma. People were ordering lights and soil and nutrients, Jessica said. The bakers saw prominence in Oklahoma's medical marijuana market and decided to move to the state at the ending of 2018. In addition to the dispensary and its attached clone nursery, Chip owns a nearby hydroponics store in Oklahoma City. Jessica has a marijuana farm and processor about 40 miles northeast of the city. Jessica said it's been a nice change of pace doing business in Oklahoma's medical marijuana market. My businesses have been primarily have have primarily been in California where it is very difficult and expensive, Jessica said. Oklahoma in general, they made it pretty easy for people, which is nice and affordable. Oklahoma has some of the cheapest annual commercial licensing fees in the country. At 2500 especially compared to California where licensing fees can reach six figures and range depending on estimated annual gross revenue. There is also no limit on the licensed medical marijuana businesses in Oklahoma, unlike other states like Louisiana, where only one dispensary is allowed in each of the nine states region. And with no list of qualifying conditions, easy to get a physician to write a recommendation for medical marijuana patient card. This has led to over 367,000 Oklahomans, nearly 10% of the state's population, obtaining a medical marijuana card, which, according to Politico, makes Oklahoma the largest medical marijuana market per capita. That's because it is. Jace Sarkowski, founding partner of the marijuana business consulting firm Canna Advisors, said Oklahoma's medical marijuana program has rapidly. Quote, the medical marijuana program in Oklahoma, it is such an open liberal program. It is almost like adult use legalization, Sarkowski said. Oklahoma is just shy of having... 10,000 active licensed medical marijuana businesses, which includes over 2,000 dispensaries and about 6,500 growers. Dang, son. That is amazing. That makes me want to cry pretty much. In my state, um, we've had medical for, well, we voted on it in 2012, but our first stores did not open until June of 2015. And I believe we have about 70 medical marijuana stores total. And we have about close to 7 million people in Massachusetts. But Oklahoma, let's look up how many people. Okay, 3.97, 3.957 million. It's almost 4. Man, so jealous. So they have about close to 4 million people. 
So 2,000 dispensaries for 4 million people versus 70 dispensaries per 7 million. In poor, in poor New Jersey, they even have, they have it even worse. New Jersey, last time I checked, sources I've talked to, they have less than 10 and they have, they have over 8 million people. You know, um, it's, it's really, really bad in see, Um, I know the program was established under Chris Christie, who, who's a conservative Republican and who was highly against cannabis. And so, I mean, he's part of why their ro- medical rollout was so terrible. He's a huge reason why. Um, so, so Murphy, when he took over, had had to had to do work to had to do some work to to try to bring the program up to speed but his efforts have still still haven't really been enough they still have under 10 from, from last time i i checked and they're they're still paying over 400 and out but this is this is medical cannabis done correctly you should allow as many the barriers of entry should be as low as possible and and there should not be any caps on the amount of dispensaries and the amount of growers, the amount um, per county, whatever. There should be no caps and, you know, it should be free market. Whoever feels that they can do it should be able to do it and should be able to set up shop. And they should compete for their customers. Um, the customer should be able to make the choice as to which, which vendors are ones suck. And that should be left to the patients. It should not be left to the lawmakers, a doctor, not be left to lawmakers to, to use the reefer madness bias or is restricting access and choice for, for patients. Again, this is, this should be between a person's nurse or a person's doctor and them. It should not, the government should not be involved in doctor determining who's sick or worthy enough at cannabis and how many dispensaries, how many medical dispensaries they need in their, in their area. That should not be left as lawmakers at all. Um, Jessica was a little surprised about Oklahoma's marijuana industry. So many people with little to no, little, little to no prior experience with cannabis, so eager to get into the business. It is something about the people from Oklahoma that they would just jump into something of the unknown and kind of gamble on it, which is a pretty cool quality, she said. But the flip side to Oklahoma's low barrier of entry for starting a medical marijuana business is the pressure it puts on the market. Sarah Lee Gossett Parrish, an Oklahoma attorney who represents over 150 cannabis businesses, said some enter the market with the misconception it will be fast money. You... You have people getting into it who don't understand that the cannabis industry is just like any other business, she said. You have to work hard and have strong business acumen and know what you're doing. Because there are so many growers, Gossett Parrish said that they need to zero in on a market to avoid being eclipsed by larger growers that generate a massive supply of product. If you are a craft grower and maybe an organic grower and you pick and choose certain illnesses and conditions for which you grow strains and you target your market, you, then you are going to fare well, Gossett Parish said. Unless the state 
legalizes recreational marijuana within the year, Jessica expects many cannabis businesses will have to shut down. She said there, there's more marijuana than there is demand from patients. End of article. Yeah, I mean, there you have it. I don't know. I mean, perhaps perhaps over 10% of the population in general under ideal conditions, if they didn't have to give up gun rights, if they didn't have to fear they would lose their careers or whatever, perhaps close to 10% of people in general, um, you know, before we had the war on cannabis in the 30s and 40s, perhaps 10% or so in general, you know, naturally have deficiencies. You know, just like some people, they're born... And they have insulin deficiencies and then they need to take insulin to remediate that. For some people, they have low blood iron, so they have to take iron to remediate it. Perhaps close to 10% of the population in general has a endocannabinoid deficiency, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's PTSD, whether it's, you know, um, you know, chronic pain or anything like that. Perhaps that's that's just par for the course. Perhaps that's the way it's always been. You know, you have 10% of the people that need this as a medicine. Um, but but yeah, I mean, perhaps there there are going to be some people that have to shut shut their doors because there's just too much competition. But I'd rather have it be this way where the patients have all the choice that they need and then some, and they they have all the choice they need to make an informed decision. They can shop around. They have a variety of vendors use, um, selling the strains and, and the chemovars that they need for their illnesses. And again, they have a, an abundance of, of choice for, for, for medicine. That's the way it needs to be. It does not need to be the case that these lawmakers that hate the plant and hate the people that use it, um, under the guise of protecting the children, under the guise of protecting property values, um, you know, limiting and restricting um, how many dispensaries can exist, and as a result, you're 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 having the patient being price gouged, and because there's very little competition, they don't really have elsewhere to go, and and also you have lawmakers in, in a number of states that limit the qualifying condition list they want to play these these lawmakers that don't like the plant don't like to be able to use the plant or have it not done since college or high school or whatever and they're in their 40s 50s 60s whatever they're regulating with this sort of bias and they're 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 limiting the amount of people that can get the plant for medical purposes because they quote unquote don't want people, you know, getting cards for stubbed toes or whatever. But under ideal conditions, you have what Oklahoma has, and good for the uh, growers. That's good for people that want to sell the plant. That's good for the patients because they have they have cheap and readily abundant choices. And if someone isn't up to snuff, they can go elsewhere, or they can grow their own. This is what you need throughout the the U.S. This is the type of program we need in the U.S. Um, Oklahoma is unlike the cartel states of the East Coast minus Maine. I call the East Coast minus Maine cartel states because you have a uh, a few big players that that run all the stores and that have all the stores and they are charging patients up and down the East Coast 
plus plus Ohio, an arm and a flipping leg. But I, I don't want to keep this episode too long. As always, you can find me anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, platforms like it. You can find me on Instagram at underscore I am Canvas Sativa. And then you can find me on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. And if you like this podcast and you want to kick it a few bucks, you can do so by becoming a Patreon. Joining gets you early release episodes, it gets you early release videos. And at our five and above dollar tier, you get and ever-expanding archives of all all our previous episodes, ad-free as intended. So you can do this by going to bit.ly slash 2njmshn. Again, that's bit.ly slash 2njmshn. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord Discord channel and that Discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.